Welcome to Pratidwani, where we try to humanize science. I'm your host, uh, G.V. Pawan Kumar. I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest on this episode, M.S. Santanam. Santanam is a physicist and a professor in the Department of Physics at Indian Institute of Science, Education and Research, Pune. He is a theoretical physicist and his research interests include a variety of topics, including chaos and nonlinear dynamics, quantum chaos, quantum computation and machine learning, statistical physics, complex networks, extreme events and all put together in the form of uh, complex systems per se, uh, which is quite fascinating and also very interesting and has tremendous amount of applicability in various different situations in, in nature and in artificial situations, uh, which is within the pursuit of uh, uh, human knowledge endeavor. Santanam did his PhD from uh, Physical Research Laboratory at Ahmedabad and subsequently did postdoctoral research at uh, IBM and also uh, moved to Germany to work at uh, Max Planck Institute in Dresden uh, and returned to PRL for a short stint and then later on joined uh, ISER Pune as a faculty member. Santanam is not only an excellent physicist, he also is a prolific columnist and has written for various newspapers including Hindu, Indian Express and other platforms and uh, his thoughts are always interesting and provokes very interesting questions when one reads a uh, lot of things what he has written. He also has keen interest in utilizing computational approaches to solve uh, problems of societal re uh, relevance and uh, a lot of interesting work including uh, during the time period of COVID uh, pandemic uh, led to some very uh, interesting uh, findings from his own research. In this particular episode, we discussed his biography and how he developed his interest in physics, his experience of uh, studying at Hyderabad University as a MSc student, the ecosystem in that particular university and also his experience in working at uh, PRL and other places. He also tells us about his experience on learning and doing research at uh, quantum classical uh, interface and its correspondence principles extreme events, data analysis leading to machine learning and importantly we have a very interesting discussion on complex systems in a slightly more broader context. We discussed uh, some important aspects of uh, physics and its uh, role in society and how academics uh, uh, can contribute to the betterment of the society per se. There is also a very interesting segment in Tamil where Santanam describes his research with an interesting analogy, don't miss that. We also discussed about his uh, interest in writing, uh, uh, especially at the interface of science and society and also some uh, thoughts he has expressed on politics and other aspects of it. Santavanam wonderfully combines intuitive thinking of physics uh, with computational approaches to study many interesting problems, uh, especially related to complex systems and uh, he elaborates all these things uh, very beautifully in this particular conversation. Santanam and I work at the same department and I've always found a discussion with him both illuminating and extremely interesting and I continue to learn a lot from Santanam and I'm sure all of you would also enjoy this particular discussion. This is Pratidwani where we will try to humanize science with MS Santanam. Hello Santanam, welcome to Pratidwani. I'm delighted that you could uh, make some time for for this conversation. 
Yeah, thanks, uh, Pawan. It's a pleasure to be on this uh, show. I've been seeing it and even listening to this when I do the morning walks and all that. Yeah, very happy to be on this side of the show. Yeah, thanks yeah. for inviting. Yeah. Uh, so we will uh, get started with some basic questions related to your own biography. How you got interested in science? Could you please tell us a little bit more about? Uh, okay. So my uh, interest in uh, Science uh, goes back to my school days. So I wouldn't say that um, I was exclusively interested only in science, mathematics and so on. I had a wide range of interests including in uh, literature, uh, uh, many other things uh, like uh, for instance reading newspapers was one of my uh, passion. So I would uh, uh, read newspapers quite extensively so much so that uh, you know whatever little English that I learnt actually comes from reading newspapers <laughs> rather than uh, actually attending uh, classes in school and uh, so on. So reading uh, especially newspapers it opens your vistas to a whole lot of things because there you will find sports, culture, uh, you know politics Absolutely. and a whole lot of uh, things. So I also sort of uh, got interested in uh, very many things. Uh, in fact, I could say that uh, on politics, I am almost a political junkie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like it. I have no. Uh, uh, I can confess that. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I, I like uh, political debates. Mm. I mean, anything to do with that, uh, I, I listen very intently. Even sometimes think about it more than I should be doing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so that is one aspect of it, but at the same time, science uh, did uh, interest me. Um, uh, at least initially, uh, you know, this various small things that you could do with optics interested me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, those days, you could you would have these small films. I would be able to use these sunlight to and and just one lens. Uh, to show them uh, bigger on any wall. Uh, you know, th these kind of things kind of uh, uh, interested me. And even little bit of uh, taking data with very, very rudimentary scale, this and that, uh, all that uh, did uh, interest me. So I wouldn't say that it, uh, these were the beginnings of uh, like uh, where I thought that I should be doing uh, PhD. Mm -hmm. But uh, nevertheless, I would say that I had serious uh, uh, interest, uh, more than just passing interest in uh, science right from my uh, school days. Very nice. Yeah. So I should mention to the listeners that uh, Santanam is also a prolific columnist. I am going to get to that particular <laughs> point and I am not uh, surprised at all that you got influenced whenever reading newspapers, which is, it still remains actually one of the very good habits to cultivate. So, that is so uh, not just uh, reading newspapers, the, the place we, I mean, where I was uh, born and brought up in Chennai, it's in North Madras, one of the most congested localities of uh, uh, Chennai, mm -hmm. uh, very close, not too far from the uh, Chennai Central Station, station uh, so okay. much so that, uh, you know, you can even walk to the oh. station. In fact, once I had, I had to go to, I think, Bombay or Ahmedabad, I don't remember. Mm. And I went all the way to the station, forgot the ticket. 
So I went back home, I got the ticket, and <laughs> there was enough time to do all, all that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the point was that actually that was a place where uh, there would be all the time these uh, political meetings. Nice. Uh, nice. You know, various mm. political parties that dominated mm. uh, the landscape of Tamil Nadu, which even continue to do so today, like DMK, ADMK, mm. uh, Congress, BJP is a more recent, recent. entrant there. Yeah. But all these. Uh, political parties used to have continuous stream of meetings especially during the elections mm, uh, mm. you would uh, see that there would be huge crowds uh, major uh, like uh, uh, stage set up for that and pretty much i think i can say safely that i have seen all the major political leaders of uh, tamil nadu come and speak there wow okay okay so uh, to some extent, I, I didn't understand everything that uh, they said. Uh, Content-wise, of course, they always spoke in Tamil, which I understood. But uh, content-wise, it's not that I always understood. But it was like a big mela. Mm, mm. Uh, so as a kid, even I've been seeing it from my <laughs> third standard, fourth standard, that uh, it was an event I looked forward to. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And uh, so, uh, in fact, uh, one of the things I observed over the years is how they present, uh, mm. like. Uh, various uh, like topics to the people. Mm, mm. There are things that I know what they say is completely false, but mm. still the way they present uh, makes it very attractive to uh, people. People. So yes. over the years, I realized that you know more than uh, the content, it's the style of speaking that uh, sort of attracted me <laughs> over the years. A little bit of that I sort of imbibed in things that I do over the years. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So, uh, you are now growing up in Chennai and uh, the general influence in mm. that particular place was more towards uh, also studies, like what was the kind of uh, environment at your home? Uh, okay, so at my home, um, in general, there there is this usual uh, emphasis on education yeah. and uh, that was uh, always there and we had uh, some amount of books at uh, home. Uh, so, I was the one who could read anything in the sense that even if uh, in a, on a boring afternoon, like uh, I read somewhere that you know, if the only book available to you is salient aspects of iron and steel industry in India in 1960s. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would still sit and read that. <laughs> even though <laughs> really that's probably the most boring and probably doesn't concern me at all in yeah. any way. But if that's what is available, I would still at least go through the this one. Nice. Uh, nice. So, uh, that kind of attitude uh, was there. So, many uh, magazines and uh, occasional books that I could lay hands on, uh, I could read. But I, I didn't have these usual kind of uh, children's book uh, mm -hmm. uh, that later, you know, my own kids uh, uh, were reading and mm -hmm. I actually read at that time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like, for instance, I later liked um, this um, Shikari Shambhu. Shambhu, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. But uh, when I was myself growing, I haven't seen these uh, uh, kinds of uh, books. Yeah. Very nice. Very but nice. in general, yeah, so I was... Uh, open to reading uh, various kinds of things. So, in that sense, I think there is an atmosphere of, uh, you know, keeping up on uh, reading something that was an emphasis. Nice, nice. So, uh, most of the time when, when children are growing up, uh, they also have influences not only in terms of uh, the science, uh, but also a, a lot of other things like art, 
music and yeah. um, sports and other things yeah. were you interested in any kind of things like that uh, sports wasn't quite uh, uh, my interest mm. occasionally i i did play uh, now and then but i didn't have a very serious uh, mm. interest in sport much later of course during my phd days i did play volleyball mm-hmm. reasonably seriously at least mm. uh, okay okay uh, but uh, before that i did not spend much time with any of the uh, sports uh but otherwise in terms of uh, any other um, uh, activity i had an active mm. uh, interest so uh, used to listen to carnatic music mm. uh, or even mm. devotional music mm. and uh, things like that uh, those were of interest then and even now of interest uh, to me doing very nice yeah uh, i find at least some aspects of those music very very uplifting absolutely uh, when you're absolutely. really down you just put it on listen to it i think uh, you get to a very different uh, absolutely. level absolutely. altogether yeah yeah the power of music is something yeah, extremely uh, the, 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 untapped right. in the absolutely. sense absolutely yeah, yeah that's right, right. Yeah. yeah very nice so now you are uh, finishing up your school and uh, you're going then to college yeah. in chennai yeah that's right so i studied at uh, laiola college mm. uh, so which was uh, so at that time my interest again even till then i wasn't very clear that i should be doing my uh, phd and become a scientist mm-hmm. uh, so i was still uh, considering uh, like writing an ias exam mm. and mm. all that yeah, anybody who reads newspapers <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 will uh, come yeah so even my uh, mother uh, mm. she likes uh, that i should have written an ias exam <laughs> yeah loyola college there used to be this uh, i forget the name a kind of ias forum or something okay okay where essentially people who aspire to mm. take that exam uh, it's like a club of people who yes, aspire yes. to take i used to attend those meetings mm. Mm. Uh, but slowly i was seeing that my interest in physics was increasing, increasing. Uh, day by day <laughs> uh, but the other one was not decreasing that much uh, but the real uh, uh, turning point came when i went to hyderabad university, university. Uh, for masters so until i was in Uh, Laila College I was underaged for civil services exam. Aha uh-huh, okay. So I was waiting to get to 21. <laughs> okay. And when I actually got to 21 I had lost interest. Interest. <laughs> <laughs> In that, that was the change that Hyderabad University uh, did. Did yeah. Uh, I think I was it, it was amazing set of teachers Absolute, and yeah. the environment there mm-hmm. uh, so which finally uh let to the so even though in fact hyderabad university is a good place even if you want to pursue ias absolutely yeah, it, it has one of the social sciences amazing library and mm. uh, so on uh, but still my interest by then had changed so mm. i never ever attempted uh, civil services exam after that okay uh, okay so i i would say like by the time i reached msc it was somewhat clear to me that i should uh, probably continue in physics in physics So now you're going to Hyderabad University mm. Physics Department. Yeah. Some of the stalwarts, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, could you I tell us? It was <laughs> an eye opener <laughs> in many ways. Okay, okay. Uh, so even by the time I finished my time at Laila College, I thought uh, I should go to a, a bigger uh, mm. university. Mm. Uh, uh, first of all, you had students from 
uh, all parts of the country there at Hyderabad University. Yes, yes. And uh, of course, the teachers were real uh, stalwarts. Yeah. Many of them had made a mark in their uh, fields. Yes, yes. And uh, so, uh, for instance, one of the very first classes was taught by Professor Subodh uh, Shanai. Shanai, uh, wow. You would okay. know him for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's an amazing uh, teacher. Teacher, uh, yes. yeah. yeah. So he presented us all this Lagrangian mm. Hamiltonian mechanics. Uh, so it virtually blew me off the mm. <laughs> mm. in a sense, uh, uh, and uh, and al also the style of presentation, what they expected of us, uh, everything was completely different. It was no more that uh, you know you had a syllabus, someone will teach, and there is set of problems you do that and you are more or less prepared for the exam write the university exam and clear it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so here it was much more open uh, like uh, you don't know what kind of questions are going to come there is no point in seeing last three years question papers or mm. all that uh, didn't matter, didn't at, matter all. at all yes. and also there is no clear prescribed textbooks mm, uh, mm. Th there is some sort of uh, a textbook being followed but uh, that's not being Precisely followed uh, page. Many of them, many of the teachers were not quite doing that. Doing that, okay, okay. So in a sense, I think uh, you will now have to really go to library, look up different books, uh, study from various uh, sources. So this idea that learning is not simply based on uh, you know one syllabus, mm. certain set of uh, blueprint questions, and answering them correctly. Uh, that is a big eye-opener at Hyderabad. Yeah. And also the fact that many of the teachers are very active researchers yes, yes. Uh, there. Uh, I think slowly I started seeing what is all uh, possible. Possible. So Wonderful. we had uh, uh, another teacher by name, Professor V. Srinivasan. Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. if you have heard of him. Mm -hmm. uh, amazing teacher, but at the same time someone who would uh, take the uh, students to task <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for anything ranging from very silly questions to uh, you know difficult questions that you may ask of him okay so many many students were sort of afraid of him okay, okay. but uh, generally a nice person otherwise mm -hmm. uh, yeah. but a little bit unpredictable when you ask him a question he'll say you are not even fit to do 12th standard i don't know why are you here in this <laughs> class <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, so we went through this kind of uh, uh, grind. Grind. Okay. Uh, yes, was uh, G S Agarwal also? Yeah. So he was also. Uh, uh, yeah, he was there uh, at that time. And in fact, uh, uh, the reason I chose nonlinear dynamics mm. uh, is because he actually, uh, Professor Agarwal, taught us um, uh, non-equilibrium non statistical physics. Oh, okay. Okay. It was a special subject. Mm. Uh, mm. Not everyone had to study in mm. our batch. Only those who chose theoretical physics as a uh, specialization had to study that. And uh, so in that uh, non-equilibrium statistical physics, uh, there was a, uh, he actually gave one or probably two to three lectures on, uh, you know, what, what is called the logistic map, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very simple mathematical equation that displays chaotic dynamics, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, very uh, uh, unpredictable dynamics, mm. so to speak. Mm -hmm for the common audience. And uh, that was my beginnings of when I first saw uh, something interesting about dynamical uh, systems. systems. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is where I would say a uh, little bit at least the first seed of uh, you know, taking nonlinear dynamics seriously uh, came from. 
before that in fact i did not know that such a thing as nonlinear dynamics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in fact it's never ever um, uh, emphasized in the usual uh, physics curriculum even though even the basic physics books do have nonlinear systems it is never taught from so that, uh, that view point of uh, view absolutely so uh, yeah he was a very good uh, teacher mm -hmm. and uh, i think if you li listen to him intently mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. seriously look at every word of his you will actually get quite a lot from lot him. Of it, yeah. yeah yeah i i too have heard him yeah. uh, because i met him yeah. after i became a researcher in oh, optics right. because he's yeah. a very big person in yeah, optics yeah that's right yes and even now you know prolific yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. prolific yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. amazing so now uh, uh, hyderabad university also has this great sea of uh, uh, you know student uh, uh, you know body which is very active not only in scientific aspects yeah. but also they are very politically aware it. it's yeah. one of the very few universities uh, which uh, which actually had this multifaceted viewpoint yeah. Uh, did you also find that during your time yeah so it was there at least uh, those were uh, so at that time it was not um, uh, there were these organizations mm. student bodies uh, but not yet politically affiliated to any political any, party yeah, yeah. Uh, so there were two or three different uh, student bodies you could roughly say someone is a centrist someone mm. is probably a little bit of left wing mm. right wing mm. uh, but uh, it was all a bit uh, hybridized, hybridized a little yes. bit mixed up and you but absolutely there was no a political party i mean a student body saying that uh, you know we are affiliated to this party, this party. that okay. uh, did not exist uh, at that time at that time yeah. so there were elections and uh, uh, so in fact uh, one of my batchmates my mm. own classmate he became the vice president of students union uh, mm. Mm. uh of course we worked together for his, for his elections uh, <laughs> okay, uh, yes, and all that so to that extent we did uh, campaigning uh, and <laughs> yeah <laughs> campaigning and uh, all nice, that yeah nice. it was not expected because uh, the student body was entirely dominated by social sciences social science humanities science. people exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it came as a surprise even to us that actually our batchmate uh, won and made it to become the vice president of students uh, union <laughs> it's like a very yeah. similar kind of experience in, during my undergraduate times mm. uh, although i was in sciences mm. i also participated yeah. in this although more in the in the in the background because i used to write write speeches yeah <laughs> i also done that writing uh, speeches yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right yeah yeah but yeah. That, that was a big uh, surprise surprise uh, yeah yeah so wonderful so now uh, hyderabad is then uh, laid uh, foundations for you to become a physicist you are already thinking about becoming yeah. physicist uh, that's then? right oh. yeah uh, so in fact uh, i would say uh, my serious thoughts about becoming a physicist started from uh, hyderabad university mm -hmm. maybe if i had not joined there uh, maybe mm. i would have thought differently but uh, i i would say that that was where it all all uh, began wonderful yeah. wonderful yeah. so now you you finish your uh, msc there yeah. and then where do you move for yeah. forward so mm -hmm. from there i went to prl to uh, mm. for uh, uh, for phd mm. and i got in a few places by but uh, th this was one of the places where nonlinear dynamics was uh, being done even though at the time i i did not know much about like what are the various strands within mm. uh, nonlinear dynamics um uh but i knew that uh, it was being pursued there so i went to uh, a prl and it was not even clear to me at that time that uh, whether i would get to work with uh, 
people working in uh, non-linear mm -hmm. dynamics, but I think it uh, happened uh, uh, later on. Yeah, so uh, in fact, I went a bit late for a PRL interview. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> they said on particular day, 9 a.m., mm -hmm. <laughs> I went at 10 a.m., <laughs> one, one full hour late. Okay. It's just because I didn't see the, I didn't read the, uh, this one properly. Mm -hmm. In those days, you would get a letter, letter paper letter. 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't read it properly. I went in at 10 a.m. and told him, you know, I'll come for an interview. He mm -hmm. told me it's all over. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, then he said, "Is this the way?" I mean, yeah. it was a clerk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He told me, "Is this the way you will come?" Uh, yeah. I, I told him, "Sorry, I didn't notice it." Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then he said, "You wait." And uh, anyway, it was a. Uh, it took several hours for. Exactly. Uh, you would be in the Q and yeah, in the Q and uh, it happened. Yeah, the one thing I realized is in those days the interviews were much longer than we do. Absolutely, today. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So now everything is much faster. Faster. Turnaround times are faster. So we are talking yeah. what what year roughly? Uh, so this is around ninety two, ninety three. Ninety two, yeah, okay, so nice. nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's how I got into uh, PRL. Mm -hmm. And then in, in PRL, of course, uh, PRL for P uh, listeners is a physical research laboratory in Ahmedabad. It, in, it has also played a very significant role in uh, in the Aditya mission, which has actually been launched Happening today. Today, yeah. today uh, we are recording this on the day of the uh, yeah. uh, the Aditya uh, mission launch. Uh, uh, hopefully, everything actually is going to work out. So, how was your experience? Uh, yeah, Sunday? maybe I, I should say that uh, India's entire space program began from. PRL. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, so, in fact, uh, uh, Vikram Sarabhai, mm, who is yes. considered the father of space program, so you will be surprised to know that at the age of 28, he started PRL. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, at yeah. that, that is the time when most uh, people are looking for their <laughs> postdocs, maybe typically. And he had the audacity to start an entire research <laughs> lab dedicated to, uh, you know, space research and even tell India that, no, we'll be sending satellites. satellites. And that how well amazing. did he do it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. That is amazing. Of course, the only uh, thing to uh, uh, to be going for him is that he comes from a, uh, a rich family, affluent. yeah, affluent family yeah. where they did have money. But still, even looking at it from that perspective, from that perch for him, it is still an audacious, audacious. thought Absolutely. in 1940s to be able to think that, no, I will start a research lab. And even think about uh, sending uh, satellites. Absolutely. In yeah, fact, initially uh, I was not knowing all these facts, but after uh, going to PRL, mm. learned quite a lot. Yeah, and absolutely. An absolutely. Amazing personality. Amazing personality. Yeah. And in fact, I, now there is also a, a, an interesting uh, post which is circulated around social media where. Ravindra Tagore writes the recommendation. Oh, yeah, yeah, recommendation letter, yeah, yeah, for him. Yeah, for that's him, right. you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, and uh, right. it's a, you can also see that people were not too judgmental that that time. It's that's a very right. important yeah, part yeah, of it, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. And uh, he clearly mentions that he's coming from a very affluent pra yeah, family. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, he'd be very good fit yeah, yeah, for yeah. Cambridge. He was University. very different because all his uh, family was involved in uh, business. business. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, the Sarabhais were among the top ten business houses in India until about six. Wow, okay. Only later, I mean, mm. others uh, uh, got replaced. Mm, mm. Uh, but they were really uh, big uh, business, business houses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think the entire of uh, Sara, Sarabhai's family, Vikram Sarabhai, his sister, mm. and others were very different. If different. you read their biography, uh, amazing set of. Uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, PRL 
continues to actually do so well in, there are so many interesting right, things right. yeah uh, it's closely related to physics and uh, there's a lot of excitement there and uh, so uh, what problem did you work there uh, okay. in terms of research yeah so uh, of course first year we had uh, coursework and uh, initially again uh, i must say even before going and answering your mm. question uh, prl is another bigger eye opener mm. uh, for me so when we went there we were not treated like research scholars mm. like students anymore uh, prl is such a place where the very first person who came and uh, taught us mm. was uh, teaching us astronomy mm. the first year course you have to study many things astronomy was one of them yeah uh, he said uh, my name is umesh chandra joshi you can call me umesh or chandra or joshi mm. so there <laughs> prl actually everyone called everyone in only on first name first name basis, basis. very so nice. we were never differentiated and separated as uh, students so much so that i'll tell you in 1993 or so um, i think slv3 or i don't remember mm. which one mm. there was a very successful satellite launch so by then prl is uh, of course part of isro isro yeah yeah uh, and uh, so they were actually giving uh, a watch uh, to all the employees of isro Wonderful. we also got it <laughs> wonderful wonderful <laughs> even though you know we actually didn't contribute anything at all uh, mm. for mm. that project it felt nice, nice to be about. part of a larger family and uh, they actually took us seriously and even we got that watch Amazing. still i possess price that <laughs> uh, watch, watch. Yeah. absolutely absolutely it had uh, that uh, figure of that slv3 uh, in the this thing in the dial yeah. wonderful wonderful so now uh, the foundations for nonlinear dynamics is laid in terms of the uh, research problem so what problem were you interested in yeah so initially uh, so as part of the coursework we had to do a small Hmm. project as well so i looked at this logistic maps in a hmm. little bit detail and that is when i studied seriously what is chaos uh, and all that and after that we completed the coursework uh, i approached uh, uh, professor vijay shore hmm. um, hmm. uh, saying that so he was working on what is called quantum chaos hmm. uh, which is what i was interested in uh, uh, and i uh, spoke initially he said uh, you know we need a huge amount of computational facilities mm. so it's not clear we'll get so in case you want to pursue some other area please go ahead mm. and do it mm. uh, he wasn't too enthusiastic mm. <laughs> initially <laughs> uh, which is again uh, very different from nowadays uh, yeah. but he uh, did not show much interest mm. but next day again he called me uh, mm. you know we had a short chat mm. the previous day then he told me this think about it and he sent me back but uh, next day he called me again uh, when he saw me somewhere else mm, mm. and then he said if you are still interested yes let us give it a shot wonderful wonderful <laughs> so that is how i uh, got into it so there the core problem that we were looking at is um, uh, technically what would be called quantum classical correspondence mm, mm, mm. Uh, so this is something goes back to uh, the so called correspondence principle, principle. in mm. uh, quantum mechanics mm. so mm. it says that uh, in some limit of quantum mechanics you should recover classical, classical. Uh, mechanics mm. so mm. typically it's in the highly excited states and Absolutely. Uh, so on mm. okay uh, and there are uh, ways of exploiting uh, this so you know there are Uh, very well laid out connections between classical and quantum mechanics the so called wkb method, method is uh, yes, yes. one of them uh, okay. 
but there are uh, more deeper connections. Mm -hmm. The WKB method itself would work only if you have, if your system is regular. Regular, yeah. Uh, it's an approximation, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. approximation. And mm -hmm. the system has to be regular in the classical sense of mm -hmm. the term. Mm -hmm. That means that the dynamics of a particle uh, should not show any unusual stochasticity mm -hmm. uh, and, and so on. But suppose if you had a nonlinear potential in which um, the particle is no more regular, mm. you don't have nice periodic orbits, mm -hmm. uh, but a typical trajectory would be uh, essentially chaotic, mm. very mm. much like a realization of a mm. noise. Mm. Mm -hmm. In that case, what do you do? Uh, what happens to correspondence uh, principle? Uh, so that was the uh, question. question so we looked at essentially what is the manifestation of uh, classical chaos in 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 quantum systems. System. Okay. In okay. quantum systems, which are classically chaotic, mm. we know that for sure. And classical chaos is very well defined mm. in terms of Lyapunov exponents, and there are a whole lot of other quantities you can uh, calculate, and that's reasonably uh, well understood. Nice. But nice. Uh, but when you quantize those systems, it's not uh, clear how to extract a sense out of this quantum chaos. Yeah. It's, it's okay. not even clear what quantum chaos uh, meant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are uh, some people who had declared that there is no chaos in quantum uh, dynamics simply because quantum dynamics itself is linear and uh, so on. And there are others who say that, uh, you know, forget whether it's linear or not, we should look at the uh, somewhere, you know, the fact that classical dynamics is chaotic should make a difference in quantum system. Very nice. So, you should uh, basically see that connection. So, that is another point of view and uh, yeah, so that in some sense is uh, quantum chaos. chaos. Like you look at the manifestations of classical chaos in the quantum region. Nice, okay. nice. And it takes very many different uh, forms. Oh. There is no one phenomena. <laughs> Mm. But uh, it's a it's a collection of various tools, various techniques, various phenomenology, and again it applies across the board. In 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 uh, in various scales, starting from nuclear physics to astronomical Astronomy. scales, you can see these effects all across. Uh, Absolutely. So in fact, this is one of the remarkable aspects of nonlinear dynamics, yeah. because uh, I, to whatever extent I have been reading and trying to understand. And uh, I'm also increasingly getting interested, thanks to Santaram, I should mention that because I have been consulting and also talking to him in understanding. Yeah. This breadth of uh, phenomena which yeah. it can cover yeah. is truly amazing. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, essentially, I think if uh, if you have uh, even one particle in a nonlinear potential, you are in business for mm. chaos mm. or if you have more than one particle, uh, again, you you will find chaos somewhere or the recipe other. For <laughs> yeah, recipe for chaos is all over <laughs> the place. place yeah. And certainly like many nucleons yeah. or many electrons uh, and so on is certainly a recipe, recipe. for uh, chaos. chaos. You yeah. just need to look for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, there is a kind of a saying which says that, uh, you know, you don't actually need to define nonlinear yeah, regime, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, yeah. most of the systems actually are already nonlinear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you have uh, to then yeah, only yeah. define only yeah. the linear regime. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. I think it goes back to, uh, in some in some sense, our perceptions of, um, you know, what we see around us. Yeah. Like, for instance, you see everyday sun rising more or less precisely, uh, you know, with a gap of 24 hours. Yeah. There is a moon rise. Yeah. 
and the earth goes around the sun in roughly 365 days and so on mm. all this uh, kind of induces a sense that everything must be predictable mm. and mm. Uh, maybe uh, there is regular motion can be associated with every particle nice in nice. fact i think this is completely misleading, misleading. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. right uh, in fact most of the cases including our solar system over very long time scales of millions of years it is not going to survive right. Right? it is sort of known Absolutely. So, uh, I think in some sense, uh, we are led by our short-sighted uh, yeah. <laughs> what we see uh, immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. So, thankfully, nature has tuned the parameters to set it up such a way that uh, it is sort of stable, stable. currently, but mm. no guarantee that, you know, everything that we see around us working so precisely in clockwork fashion will continue to do like to this forever. Forever, absolutely, absolutely. So, now we are going to go forward with your uh, career trajectory. Now, you have kind of completing your uh, your phd and then uh, what what is the further step you take? yeah so uh, when i was uh, completing my phd it so happened that uh, you know ibm uh, research division they started a research lab in india inside iit delhi uh -huh. nice nice <laughs> and a uh, few months before uh, i was going to start writing my thesis uh, so one of my friends showed me advertisement in newspaper that uh, you know uh, that they want PhDs. Mm -hmm. and all. Mm -hmm. So both of us applied. <laughs> this is in uh, 90s? Uh, 90? Yeah, 98. 90, uh, 96, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so uh, both of us applied and after that we forgot about it. It took quite mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. some time and suddenly one day both of us were called for an interview mm -hmm. and we had to go to Bombay. Uh, and uh, so we went to Bombay, we attended the interview. Turned out both of us got a, a job offer at nice. IBM okay. uh, mm. research mm. division. And uh, so, some months later, I uh, went to IIT Delhi and uh, joined there. Mm -hmm. Again, it opened a very different perspective uh, uh, there because um, I, I was in a very uh, academic sort of uh, place. Mm -hmm. uh, TRL is a, a research lab, lab where, yeah. uh, apart from theoretical physics, there were many other areas. Yes. Yes. So, when I said PRL opened my eyes, it opened my eyes to many other areas like uh, for instance, I learned what it means to say in situ measurements. Mm, mm, yes, <laughs> uh, yes. You know, that was a common word used or what it means to say plate tectonics. Think, uh, you yes. know, these are the kind of things I got uh, used to listening to various uh, talks and things like that. In fact, I uh, tell uh, you know, even students and others. So, uh, at that time, I would attend the talk even if it was not in theoretical physics, not in my area. Uh, Absolutely. I would attend many of the talks. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes much later, sometimes when you are doing some other problem, it would strike you that oh, someone actually said that there was some technique. You can always go back and uh, you know, yeah. uh, look up again. Exactly. You may not remember every detail. detail. Uh, yes, yes. But at least you know that someone seems to have solved a similar Problem, problem somewhere, maybe in some other context. So, that I found uh, very useful. Absolutely. So, that kind of broadening of uh, horizons uh, into, so I got some understanding of what what it means to do research in atmospheric sciences, mm. earth sciences mm. and astronomy and many other areas. Likewise, when I, when it was in IBM research, many areas of computer science, which I was not even aware of, mm. uh, theoretical mm. computer science. Mm. Things like, uh, you know, what is NP-hard problem, mm, what mm. is polynomial type problem. So, all these were kind of uh, new to me uh, at that time. So, I learnt a whole lot of uh, theoretical ideas as well as many other 
practical questions that people in computer science work on mm -hmm. because there the biggest groups were essentially working on uh, you know e-commerce problems and mm. many other uh, problems at that time uh, so again so that was another uh, kind of uh, new uh, ideas that i was exposed to uh, at ibm uh, research research yeah and also the fact that i learnt a lot about uh, ibm itself um, i think they have a huge and very important contributions have been made in fundamental mm. uh, physics and fundamental sciences you know many things like idea of fractals mm. contributions in high temperature superconductivity for which nobel prizes yes. uh, uh, were awarded so they have a string of such uh, uh, contributions coming from ibm uh, research Absolutely. lab so yeah. uh, it was nice being part of that uh, ecosystem, uh, ecosystem uh, in some sense and also learn uh, i mean th there was a lot of emphasis on patents mm. in that mm. yeah okay. so even though they many people would publish papers but uh, patents were equally equally uh, important yeah. Uh, yeah in fact they have a tradition of also thinking on problems which have become very important even now like artificial intelligence yeah, pattern exactly. recognition yeah, problems right. so uh, at that time that blue gene blue was gene. a yes, big uh, exactly. hit it is yeah, a very big thing right. yes yes yeah. uh, it was thought to be a major uh, advance advance yeah. so i think that's a precursor to today's uh, artificial intelligence, intelligence. and yeah. Yeah. Uh, the machine learning machine learning and, and yeah. everything so now uh, you you finishing uh, ibm uh, stint yeah. and then you are and uh, yeah so uh, I, i could have continued in uh, mm. ibm mm. but uh, i thought that uh, uh, somehow beyond a point uh, i thought it was a bit saturated maybe okay so then i went to max planck institute as a guest scientist mm. Uh, mm. at dresden dresden okay. uh, that was a very theoretical physics ish place <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so in some sense uh, having gone through these variations in uh, uh, many things uh, uh, at dresden uh, it was uh, like i am on a more familiar territory territory yes <laughs> yes right. yeah, so yeah. it was a place where a lot of um, nonlinear dynamics was then quantum chaos was then condensed matter physics yes, yes. biophysics and uh, a whole lot of pretty much uh, what we would uh, call low energy yeah, uh, physics. physics yes so there was no high energy physics Physic, there was yeah. no particle physics string theory and stuff yeah, like that yeah. but other than that uh, most of uh, rest of the areas were uh, Uh, represented uh, there okay nice. and it was also a theoretical physics place mm, mm. Uh, so there were no experimental mm. groups mm. there but what i found was that a lot of people there did work with experimentalists mm, mm. yes uh, yes dresden itself had three max planck institutes yes yes um, but uh, people did work uh, very closely with the experimentalists that was the biggest difference that i saw with respect to my experience, experience in yeah. india mm. uh, in india everyone worked more or less independently mm. very rarely you would see uh, like recognized leaders in the field working together, together. on a paper uh, yes, uh, yes. meeting together to discuss and uh, doing things together absolutely absolutely uh, in fact one of my um, friend used to say that in atmospheric science uh, you know they collect very important data spending lot of money in the mm. experiments mm. but people generally apparently don't talk uh, tend to share, share their, okay. uh, data easily but when someone from abroad comes and says i am writing a review article they would all 
go ahead and <laughs> voluntarily give up uh, give that uh, data data okay so uh, so that typhoon was very uh, different mm, there mm. and another th- thing was that of course um, the kind of wide spectrum of complex systems that was done there mm, uh, that mm. was something i uh, learned there even though i was uh, mostly coming from chaotic dynamics mm. uh, background i learned a lot more Uh, about uh, general uh, complex systems uh, that wonderful wonderful that's and, uh, and in practice i i could uh, see that uh, like you somehow had more time to spend on your academic, academic. research work yeah, absolutely, absolutely. that um, I, i think in india even now uh, now it looks like it has gotten worse mm, in mm. the sense that you know once you come to office there are like <laughs> so many people coming to you for this that and all kinds of things but that i have seen like people sitting like 3 4 hours very easily like concentrating on their own thing so here like, the implementation hey, of <laughs> the implementation of chaos is real yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah, that's right anyway tuned to all these uh, uh, like uh, disturbances, disturbances yes yeah. but then i think that was a different experience experience yeah, yeah. true true yeah. So uh, now you you also uh, finishing uh, Max Planck and then you're moving uh, ahead and uh, yeah that's right. So uh, yeah, so after uh, Max Planck Institute, uh, uh, I uh, returned to PRL as a faculty, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was there for uh, uh, two and a half three years, and uh, then from there I joined ICER Pune. ICER. You also spent some time in Oxford, right? Like uh, you. Uh, uh, no, yeah. that I did later. Later, uh, okay. Yeah, later, yeah. later. After on. joining ICER Pune, I spent uh, short stints. Stints. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. So, uh, what uh, made you come back, son? Uh, what What was the reason you came back to India? Easily, you could have probably stayed, that stayed, stayed. Right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, question actually never arose in my mind because mm. I always thought that I should come back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in fact. Um, i think once that initial um uh, uh that excitement wore mm. off mm. of seeing a foreign country yeah. <laughs> after a few months <laughs> uh just looking forward to coming back <laughs> in the long term <laughs> long term yeah, yeah, yeah. uh so to that extent i was just looking forward to uh, coming back to uh, india but also in general uh, overall um see whatever you do uh, at least from my own mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. Uh, was that you are essentially a small co- cog in a much bigger, bigger wheel way. there or what you are doing essentially as just a drop there absolutely uh, whereas here i think uh, it can probably make a difference, a difference. difference. it can make a bigger mm-hmm. uh, difference here uh, that was always at the back of back my of, uh, yeah. mind whether it actually happened or not mm-hmm. but uh, that was one motivation very nice very nice so uh, you joined isa pune yeah. uh, when uh, 2008 2008 yeah, yeah because yeah. Uh, santaram was one of the earliest faculties who yeah, also before me there were about 25 or yes, more people yes, yes, yeah, yeah that's true from today's perspective yes from today's perspective <laughs> in fact that's uh, it's already a very early days yeah, yeah so that's to speak. true yes because uh, i recollect even as late as 2010 when i joined yes, i sir or the whole uh, faculty uh, meeting was actually on a coffee table <laughs> yeah yeah that's right we could <laughs> right. still uh, meet in a smaller room smaller room that's and right. then then uh, used to have it yeah, yeah. so now uh, what was your experience having a, a kind of moved into iser pune new institute uh, how was your uh, kind of uh, kind of experience then 
yeah so it was uh, again very different from uh, you know what i saw in uh, say prl prl is um, um, one kind of place where uh, you know projects are important mm. and you don't go about writing projects to dst and yeah, you know yeah. such bodies uh, you could do your own uh, thing uh, research is the main focus uh, teaching is secondary if at all mm. anyone is teaching at all uh, the only teaching is for the uh phd uh, students, students yeah. so you could spend years without uh, teaching uh, anything uh, so the uh, coming to icer i think uh, teaching was something that i was looking, looking forward, forward to, to. Yeah. Um, yeah. so little bit of that i liked when i was uh, teaching uh, at prl also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is one thing i look forward to here with uh, more students but uh, also the fact that there was lot more activity uh, here uh, so money was uh, is not always um, uh, like assured for mm, you, mm, uh, yeah. if you want to pursue something uh, of course in the early days uh, i think there was lot more mm. uh, research money available yeah. relatively easily but over time it uh, got a little more difficult, difficult yeah. but uh, but all the time there was this emphasis that we should uh, keep writing uh, projects and it also I initially it was uh, I also found it a bit uh, unusual and difficult but I realized that over time uh, it also helps you sharpen your thinking, thinking if you yeah. have to convince a third mm. party mm. that you know put your money for this project uh, how would you convince mm. uh, so you need to write it in a compelling way which means that you need to put in extra amount of uh, thinking thinking yeah it's not enough to have a nice idea but uh, it needs to be also presented, presented uh, yeah. in a compelling manner uh, so these were uh, major differences that mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. Uh, that i could see very nice very nice so now we're going to shift towards research mm-hmm. aspect of uh, of your work and uh, kind of problems you are interested in questions you are interested in could you tell us a little bit of of your current research interest and questions what you are interested in yeah so uh, so in general uh, um, i still continue to work on quantum chaos uh, problems but over the years um, i've also started uh, working on complex uh, network yes um so now if i have to describe uh, in maybe two words my research area mm. i would say complex systems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that covers broadly uh, pretty much everything uh, that i do um the idea of complex networks is you have many units so mm. you can think of for instance a large number of people uh, each one interacting with your neighbors sometimes you are talking to someone far off uh, from where you are uh, what are the emergent possibilities when you have uh such an interaction and such a collection of uh, nodes mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. at a mathematical level you could uh, uh, you could uh, write it down as a complex networks mm-hmm. as a mathematical abstraction a collection of individual units and they are connected by some edges edges yes and it mm-hmm. turns out that uh, a whole lot of systems can be described uh, like this like this Uh, at this level of abstraction mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. think of railway stations connected by uh, rail lines mm-hmm. or airports connected by uh, air routes Lairroot. and so on mm-hmm. or power distribution network yeah. uh, internet mm-hmm. a whole lot of such things uh, 
can be connected. And uh, the interesting, uh, at least from a physicist perspective, uh, interesting thing here is um, what what are the various emergent uh, phenomena? Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. you can put in various units at the nodes, and if they try to interact with one another mm -hmm. uh, asymptotically, mean after a long enough time, what are the various patterns you would see? You would see. Okay. So one of the things that interested me again, it was because of. Um, uh, my work at uh, Max Planck Institute, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the group I was working with of Professor Holger Kantz, uh, they were interested in these extreme events. Mm -hmm. uh, so they had done quite a bit of extreme events uh, on univariate time series mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, so after I came back, I was thinking about uh, looking at extreme events on complex networks. Nice. So nice. that is one line of uh, work that I still continue to do. Mm. Uh, mm. So extreme events uh, is something like you know droughts and uh, you know floods. Yes. These are examples of extreme event or mm. you have these uh, power blackouts. Mm. Any such catastrophic mm. uh, phenomenon is an extreme event. Yes. Yes. So the whole idea is to again treat it at a higher level of abstraction. Don't worry about the fact that flood occurs because of some reasons, mm. power blackout uh, happens because of some other reason. But is there some holistic way of looking at, looking at the all these uh, uh, together? So that is one uh, line of work uh, that I do, like asking questions about what are the probabilities that extreme events can happen. And if extreme events can does happen and we have no control over it, will it finally collapse the entire network? Mm, mm, so mm. That, that's what happens when you say there is a power blackout. Mm, you know. mm. Typically, it starts with some problem in one particular transformer of the power distribution network. And that's not able to handle the load, so it conks off. Conks off okay. And it transfers the load to the neighboring ones. Mm -hmm. And now they are not able to handle it and so they also go down. Go and down. so it cascades. And very soon, a large area uh, loses uh, power. So these are essentially questions about uh, when we do it uh, from a physics and mathematical perspective. This is a question about resilience of the network. Network. Okay. Is the network stable under perturbations? Under the perturbations induced by uh, extreme mm -hmm. events. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So uh, this also has very interesting connections to laboratory experiments. You also have collaborated with many of our colleagues yeah. in the in the That's department. Right. Yeah. Could you also tell us what is the interface of yeah. the work? So there uh, we were looking at, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, certain um, uh, quantum chaos problems. Mm. So essentially, like if you had um, mm, a chaotic system and uh, these are time dependent systems, mm. which means that uh, let's say you have a cloud of atoms mm. and you are pumping in energy to that. What are the various things that can happen? So what we know for almost 40, 50 years is that uh, localization is one mm. outcome. Localization mm. meaning that uh, you keep giving energy to it. Mm. Uh, initially, it will start absorbing energy and because it absorbs energy, it will start diffusing, diffusing. initially. Mm. But after some time, it will not absorb the energy. Mm. Mm. It will simply say that you give me whatever energy, I am not going to take it. It localizes. localizes. You know, okay. the, the cloud will not expand. Uh, it stores. Anymore. In the form? Uh, no, essentially you are dumping the energy to the uh, environment. Environment. Uh, okay, okay. In, so in it's a a form you can of think heat of it. Yeah, the, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the system is not anymore able to uh, absorb it. Mm -hmm. 
So this is an important phenomenon in condensed matter. Mm. Uh, this kind of localization. Mm. Uh, okay. So there are these models called Anderson localization mm. and mm. so on. Mm. So this phenomenon in quantum chaos is similar to this Anderson localization. It's a very broad uh, uh, phenomenon under disorder. Disorder. Uh, okay. So we were looking at uh, what happens to this localization. Mm. If you uh, so this happens under particular conditions. Mm. Uh, it happens in a quantum system, and you have to give energy periodically. Mm. Uh, you mm. know the model is called kicked rotor kick model rotor, for yeah. those who technically know it. Uh, you have to give it periodically. But suppose we ask the question: If you you know don't give it periodically, instead you put in some randomness in it, what happens? Mm. Mm. In that case, you will lose this localization. Localization. Okay. okay. It's a very uh, delicate quantum effect. Mm. Mm. and uh, you will lose the uh, localization. Uh, so, you will completely go to classical behavior. So, it will keep expanding uh, diffusively. Okay. Nice. Uh, that nice. is uh, one outcome. But on the other hand, what uh, we devised is uh, if, uh, if, you, uh, if you take this noise from specific kind of distribution, Levy distribution again for those who know about mm -hmm. it, but mm -hmm. essentially think of it as some tailored uh, distribution. Uh, you could still uh, maintain this uh, localization. In other words, uh, technically you would say that I can control the decoherence in spite of the fact that there is uh, noise. Noise, nice. So essentially, uh, so this is uh, uh, one of the important results that we obtained mm. that you could have a control over this localization effect. Even though it's delicate, mm. um, you could control it by certain what is what would be called a Plaquet engineering approach, mm, mm. Uh, and uh, this was actually uh, experimentally demonstrated by Umakant. Yes, uh, by yes, our, our colleague, uh, yeah, colleagues. Yeah, so that was uh, a joint work that we uh, did. Uh, so it took, in fact, it didn't happen instantly. Uh, the way I am saying, it's not like we thought of this idea and immediately I go to Umakant. Mm. And, <laughs> yeah, it took actually years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, right. In fact, some years after uh, he joined, I told him this possibility that mm. you know this uh, system of atomic kick mm. rotors mm. can be realized in his optical, optical lattice, lattice setup. Yes. Of course, initially he also didn't take much interest. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know very well, like even experimentalists when. Uh, a theorist says something, they would say that, okay, this is theorist world, we shouldn't <laughs> immediately get into it. <laughs> so, uh, so it took some years before uh, he could be he convinced be. that, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it is something uh, doable. So, but in any case, we were talking continuously yeah. for three, four years before we decided that we'll actually do it. Great, yeah. Initially, uh, a fifth year student uh, did something, something uh, yes, yes. Uh, to show that uh, you know something like this is real, realizable in the lab here. Nice, nice. And uh, then of course we took it up with the PhD students, and it took several years yes, before yeah. it. Could be, yeah, yeah, it, it actually a beautiful work. Yeah, it, it, it was a good work, and yeah. uh, Makan's lab has a big contribution. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, you also have worked on problems which has very interesting connection to information kind of percolation in social media networks. Uh, there is some recent work which has come out. Would you want to tell us a little bit about it? It's okay. very interesting work. Yeah, that's right. So again, this is, as I said, uh, was interested in various aspects of uh, um, uh, various aspects of complex mm. networks. Mm. So this is uh, the work that you are referring to is with my students, Sritam Pal and mm. Anjaneya Kumar. Mm. Uh, uh, so this is... Um, uh, essentially, you, you must have heard these terms called uh, 
uh, what is it echo chambers echo chairs, and yes, yes. <laughs> so on i mean these are now bandied about uh, quite a bit <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. okay so uh, it turns out that uh, this echo chamber effect uh, people have been working on models for you know information hmm. transmission opinion dynamics as it is called yes, for yes, uh, opinion, very yeah. many years yeah Uh, but recently there have been some models for uh, some models of opinion dynamics which were able to sort of reproduce this uh, echo chamber effect mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. okay so in other words if uh, uh, you are part of this uh, grouping of people who are essentially like minded mm, mm. Uh, your opinion again gets, gets uh, echoed of, again, uh, again and again yeah. and uh, it looks like uh, to you from your perspective it will look like uh, as though um, a whole world is uh, is essentially uh, in, the, in your opinion <laughs> so in a sense you are part of that echo chamber uh, so, so this w- also is connected to the localization what you what you were talking about uh, no this is not connected to yeah. lo- because mm-hmm. that one is purely quantum, quantum effect yeah. even though there are some classical localization effect this is uh, not yeah. quite uh, uh, connected to that at mm-hmm. least uh, not in any obvious uh, obvious way, way. Uh, okay okay yet. yeah uh, so what Uh, we were uh, seeing is that is there some way by which um, uh, you can moderate this uh, echo chamber effect mm, mm, uh, okay. mm. so when you have an echo chamber effect one of the things that happens is that if you can measure opinions mm. you will see that uh, there are like two strong uh, uh, what you would call polarization mm-hmm. you know people mm. are polarized on left mm. and the right mm. you you take any uh, any issue there are always two sides and uh, there would be like uh, a huge number of people on one side another set of people on this side this side nice uh, almost that uh, making it appear as though there is no meeting point at mm-hmm. all uh, mm-hmm. okay so uh, what uh, we were looking at is to ask the question is there some way by which we can moderate this radicalization mm-hmm. uh, uh, sorry this uh, polarization, polarization of yeah. uh, opinions yeah. Uh, so what we were able to show in that paper is that if uh, you can intervene mm. uh, randomly nudge a few people by showing them the opposite opinion, opinion. Mm. you can actually reduce this uh, polarization. polarization wonderful yeah. wonderful uh, in 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 uh, in a world without social networks it would be hard to do mm. it is not clear uh, not easy ways of implementing but uh, on a social networks it's not too difficult too because difficult to. all you need to do is to recommend uh, a few uh, like uh, posts for Post. if, if it's on twitter maybe a few twitter posts of a different, different opinion. opinion okay so that people uh, would uh, see the point, point of it, it also yeah. so what we showed is that you don't need to make large scale changes mm-hmm. you don't even need to intervene in a very large scale way but uh, even if you like intervene like this just show uh this kind of a very opposite opinion mm. to a randomly selected few that is sufficient you don't even need to select people with the high connectivity or connectivity anything, okay. uh, like that but I, i don't know whether social media networks would like to do that yeah i don't know because, <laughs> because they actually survive on uh, these kinds these of radicalization exactly. and polarization exactly. and uh, everything yeah yeah because uh, i think the their probable this is again a kind of uh, speculation is that their uh, their intention is actually to get the engagement yeah and exactly. uh, the engagement yeah, is today, really, yeah, yeah exactly everyone wants more engagement Engage, yeah. more likes and so yeah, on yeah. and i think maybe uh, unfortunately i think everyone 
thinks that only way to get that is uh, through giving extreme extreme opinions, opinions. yes yeah. yes in so fact if you say that you know i agree a little bit of this side mm. and a little bit of that side maybe you are not as much uh, popular, popular if you are a moderate absolutely yeah. absolutely in fact that is uh, uh, is also an important problem in 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 the way you can take physics and uh, project it into yeah. let's say social network yeah yeah that's things. right yeah. so in fact this involves a whole lot of uh, physics ideas which we do without using uh, you know all these uh, you know what i mean you can use all these terms like polarization radicalization mm-hmm. but uh, at some level you can uh, see this as essentially dynamics on networks networks absolutely uh, it's absolutely. all some kind of uh, diffusion on on a topology of networks, networks. for a physicist mm-hmm. yeah. very fascinating yeah. very very interesting uh, there is also quite a bit of work you did uh, with in collaboration with uh, some of uh, the other colleagues during the covid period Uh, could you please also tell us a yeah, little so bit again, more? Yeah, uh, so again, so there it's again a different form of uh, dynamics on uh, mm. networks. Mm. Uh, uh, okay, the question is the following. Mm. Um, uh, the question is somewhat easier to state. If uh, uh, let's say that uh, uh, during the COVID times we were all worried about uh, you know the spread of COVID. Mm. Uh, uh, so the question is let's say that i know that a certain city in india um, let's say pune for example is uh, uh, has the first case of some infectious disease it mm. doesn't matter mm. whether it's uh, covid or some other infectious disease but let's say that an infectious disease was first reported in a city like pune okay. now uh, the question we wanted to ask is uh, um, Uh, when will it reach all other parts of india like okay. when will it reach bombay when will mm. it reach uh, delhi mm. maybe chennai maybe silchar and mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. such places mm-hmm. uh, so uh, depending on how long it is going to take to reach other cities of india uh, you can uh, uh, give a rank a mm. hazard index hazard. Okay. Uh, okay. with respect to this uh, outbreak location mm-hmm. that is pune so you could say that uh, with respect to this uh, outbreak location uh, mumbai is number 1 mm. which means that this is most likely to get get it okay uh, and uh, maybe next one uh, might be kolhapur or whatever mm. Mm. so uh, you can actually rank every other every city other. in india nice. so here was what we did is uh, so i'll not actually uh, talk so much about the uh, equations that mm. went mm. into mm. it but in terms of uh, what we did in practice uh, we took the all the mobility networks in india mm, we mm. have the railway network air network and the road network road network okay um, and uh, essentially we did uh, simulations of our uh, the um, what is called the sir model mm-hmm. simulation augmented with these mobility and kinetics and um, uh, we were able to uh, now you could decide your outbreak location mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you could say that you, you could choose whatever you want in you fact are. we had created a, a online resource which is uh, still available for mm-hmm. people to see you choose any uh, city or town in india as your outbreak location mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. immediately the system would calculate the hazard rank for all other, all uh, other cities uh, nice and uh, here we aggregated data from all sources mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the so uh, all the 8000 plus railway stations the railway network uh, uh, close to 100 uh, mm-hmm. airports in india and uh, so that was a huge work of collecting uh, all this uh, data data okay. and running simulations 
on that. And finally, we were able to produce this uh, Hazard map. Hazard. So, the interesting thing is that, uh, so here uh, me, uh, Srijit and uh, Sachin, Sachin Jain. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, our right. colleagues. Uh, so, there was a call for a special COVID grant from SCRB. Mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Around that time, COVID had started. <laughs> yeah. And if you remember, that was a time when our lockdown started. Started, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> So, then we were thinking, what is it that we can do? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, given that we are not from biology yeah. or uh, all this, uh, what is it that we can uh, contribute? So, out came uh, this idea that mm, let us mm. characterize the hazard, hazard index. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, again, it's another, uh, so in physics terms, this is another dynamics on, uh, on the networks. networks. Yeah. See, yeah. that's the amazing part of this universality, right? That's because right, yeah. That's something yeah. which is quite uh, yeah. truly amazing. Yeah. Correct. Um, uh, uh, I think even among uh, physics, physicists, uh, not everyone realizes the power, power. of uh, universality of some of the physics mm -hmm. models. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In fact, Feynman mentioned In fact, this even I am not sure I realize all the potential say, of it. It, say, it, it is amazing. It's I think amazing. the more yeah. and the more you read, uh, you realize that uh, the you can apply it to very many phenomena even outside of Absolute. physics. Yeah. Absolutely. So, for instance, um, in machine learning, Icing model is uh, mm. used, no, mm. what we call as Boltzmann machine mm. today. Mm. Again, goes back to Hopfield model, which goes back to Icing, icing model. model. So, I'm not sure Icing, when he wrote down the model, would have <laughs> thought that someday <laughs> it would be used in as a machine learning model. Absolutely. Yeah. If the Feynman does mention this in, in, a, in a very interesting lecture, he, he would give to students who would have not been doing very well in the course. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. would have heard about this. Yeah. Because uh, he, at some point of time, tells that uh, one of the ways to learn physics or rather any subject, it would probably be uh, equally applicable to other places, is to look at it as some kind of a node and a network. Oh, yeah. And uh, there is <laughs> yeah. also a very nice diagram in one of the uh, lectures what he has right. given it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he if you look at also some of the great physicists, their approach was not very different, right? Yeah, because yeah, they right. could uh, yeah. connect these nodes and networks Correct. Yeah, in exactly. the yeah. knowledge right. networks, yeah, of that's his, right. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it makes yeah. a very fascinating way of yeah. looking at it. Yeah, that that's problem. right. Yeah. yeah. So, in a sense, I think it, uh, I mean, you, you always think in terms of particles, interactions, mm. but mm. now you realize that, uh, you know, these models have much more validity even outside, outside of uh, yeah. physics. Yeah. In fact, nowadays, all complex that, systems, yeah. including climate uh, right. pro yeah. change problem yeah, yeah, and other things, things yeah. are, are related to these kind yeah, of, these uh, kind uh, of uh, things. In fact, network uh, idea is very useful. Mm. Um, mm. Of course, even though uh, mathematicians have been studying networks for almost 200 years. Absolutely. Uh, but I think the physics, physicist contribution is very unique, unique in terms of this ideas of scale-free network mm. and all, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, which is relatively new, I would say, in the last 20, 25 years. Five or years. So. Okay. Very nice, very nice. So now we we're going to just go, move uh, to another step mm -hmm. where we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, your your science and its interface with society. So there are at least two points I would want to touch upon. One is that uh, you are also a prolific columnist, and uh, you will have to just tell us how you got interested in writing uh, for slightly more general audience. Because uh, Santanam also regularly writes uh, articles in various different uh, newspapers, including uh, Hindu, where uh, Hindu is yeah, one of the platforms. And also papers, recently yeah. there is an article in uh, Indian Express. I would, uh, of course, link all these things uh, in the show notes uh, so the listeners can uh, go back and check. 
but tell us a little bit more uh, santanam about this first point of your interest in interfacing with the society and uh, how you've been able to develop that yeah, yeah so writing is um, something that came from reading mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that like i told you i used to like uh, reading newspapers mm-hmm. whether it's tamil newspaper or english newspaper and uh, since then i thought uh, maybe i should also write something but never got down to doing it for mm. the longest time but i contributed to uh, like college magazines mm. and mm. Uh, uh, we used to uh, when i was at uh, prl we used to have a students uh, uh, a magazine mm. Uh, mm. we used to write a gossip column actually mm. <laughs> interesting <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so of course people would look forward to it to see if their name appears appears <laughs> there <laughs> uh, interesting yeah uh, so uh, so i was interested in uh, writing just that i never uh, somehow did it for a longer period of time um so i don't know why it happened suddenly but um uh, the maybe the idea is that uh, uh, i should give it a serious try mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so i started i mean every time i uh, write about uh, something first i don't start writing mm-hmm. at least my way of doing is i would uh, first think about it for a long time first decide what i want to write mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, think about and see whether there is enough that i that i'll have to say, say i mean yeah. is there new that i can say and uh, is there a point that i can make and if there is a point i can make i think about it and finally i put it in, uh, in the right. uh, writing so but in uh, the formulation so the, phase you you collect data and you do something like that that's right yeah. i do a little bit of background mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. while uh, thinking about it uh, uh, and so on yeah okay uh, otherwise i realize that uh, you know it takes long time to right right yes this is not just about writing you know for newspaper mm. or any such article but even when i i i realized it the hard way while writing for technical papers mm. for mm. journals you right when the results are very clear in my mind and i have a i have very uh, good clarity right. on what i want to project it just takes me like few days to write the paper at the first of clearly yeah but there are cases where when i start writing i am not even clear what is mm. the main result but nevertheless i have started writing <laughs> the paper <Yeah. laughs> drags on and on for months together yeah. before i uh, yeah, come to, to a particular point yeah, yeah. so that i uh, sort of uh, have learned the hard way <laughs> it's kind of pre writing right because it's kind of pre writing yeah. yeah that's right because yeah. most of the time yeah. you would be driven by data because in sciences that's especially right. that is yeah. the way yeah. you would think about that's it that's right yeah and uh, you would be churning this information in your mind that's right yeah, yeah 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 so in fact uh, very interestingly uh, so there is uh, this editor of um, uh, uh, tamil satire magazine mm-hmm. tukluk mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah. who you should tell about k balachandar is mm. one of the giants of tamil film yeah. industry yes, yes. a great director he would say that like before the movie is made much before everything mm. in his uh, mind's eye that entire movie would have run wow <laughs> and he essentially rest of it is simply to get the actors to do that, that. <laughs> so it's kind of envisioning yeah <laughs> envisioning so i used to think you no know, where is all these great music you no know, mm. uh, of ilai raja mm. ar rahman and whoever you know where is all this before we hear it yes. i'm sure that it's uh, they have heard it before, before. Uh, uh, right in their 
uh, inside them. Absolutely. So I realize over time that that is an important aspect of uh, imagination. Even I think when we uh, do research, mm. Uh, mm. an important component is that we need to like envision beforehand where we are headed. Headed. Yes. Otherwise, we are basically going in circles and mm. looking for mm. you know suddenly something uh, does it come up. Even that is there. There is value to that as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, serendipity. Serendipity. I think you written about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> many great uh, outcomes. Uh, have been because of uh, serendipity absolutely but also i guess sometimes this also paves the way imagination yeah, yeah. Absolutely. so I think essentially it, the yeah, whatever i write i do put uh, some amount of thinking uh, beforehand beforehand yeah. In fact, there's uh, i think a, a, a quote attributed to buckminster fuller is that i found out where i am going only by heading out somewhere else yeah, <laughs> that's Something right like yeah that. so yeah. but that initiation of yeah, actually looking at the problem first and then yeah uh, that's right so when out. i like mm. uh, as you said when i uh, mm. look for uh, mm. material mm. Uh, to write about uh, then sometimes my viewpoint as uh, i have gone in thinking that maybe this is how it is mm. and when i look at evidence uh, that completely changes, changes my the, viewpoint absolutely. so uh, that that has uh, happened yeah. so but this aspect is something which was very interesting and also you know uh, i am also into the process of writing even though we, we call this as pre writing mm. orient your thoughts very very interestingly exactly, right yeah. because that's an important way of yeah. putting your thoughts yeah. into some particular form so mm. one thing special i would say writing for these kinds of uh, you know especially newspapers mm. there is a stringent space constraint space constraint exactly when you are yeah. told that no you can write for 100 pages yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course i am always amazed at uh, judges whose judgments run into hundreds <laughs> of pages but there is something saying for them because they are not uh, allowed to explain later, later uh, yes, you know yes. so whatever yeah. they want to say they have to say in the judgment yeah, they don't get a second chance to explain and talk elaborate about it later, and do elaborate anything and all yeah, absolutely so uh, but i think when you are given uh, like 800 words mm. or something mm. like that uh, then you have to think even more how do you uh, how uh, you can convey the point uh, absolutely. within absolutely. that uh, short uh, space that is an additional work uh, that you, you, have, you have to do it's exactly what you would do uh, if you i mean if you are making an advertisement mm, uh, uh, you get about 10 seconds uh, to capture the interest <laughs> yes. of the audience uh, yeah or if you are uh, writing say an abstract mm, uh, yes. okay people are going to only read the abstract and uh, they should be convinced only by the abstract abstract yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's essentially uh, that that puts in a little more of uh, uh constraint, constraint. on uh, you have to think harder very nice yeah. very nice so you also and i think that put mm. some discipline in your writing in your that my yeah. personal yeah. view point is that the fact that you have some limits put some discipline, discipline in your writing otherwise in general you can keep writing very long essays uh but then i don't know how many people at least in this yes. day and age have yeah. time to yeah Uh, patience to read uh, absolutely uh, in fact there's also another uh, quote attributed to some writer i don't know the exact person and uh, that person says that uh, since i have very less time i wrote a very long letter <laughs> <laughs> because if you want to really yeah, write yeah, something writer, which is very crisp you'll right. have to really spend yeah, more time right. editing and doing exactly. things exactly yeah yeah and uh, yeah. things like that uh, going on further to the same aspects of your writing you also very nicely have thought through and uh, written about things which are at the interface of science and the society and one of the things which i 
kind of diligently follow is that you write at the cusp of uh, the uh, the budget sessions especially you make some very interesting uh, uh, observations of how that particular budget in the financial year is uh, is projected towards the sciences uh, what is this uh, thing what you you've been actually following can you tell us a little bit more about that okay so uh, the, the, this budget is uh, i mean over time i've developed the fascination for this entire budget exercise yes yes i mean people might say that uh, you know it's again a hangover of british times and all yeah. that but nevertheless <laughs> anyway we have it absolutely and, uh, it's still it's still one of the yeah, biggest it's days still, in, yeah in, in, it's one of the uh, biggest things and uh, so in fact i think you probably know before the budget is presented a few days before uh, these officials have that uh, halwa ceremony yes yes and then they go into a hiding <laughs> until it is printed and until the finance minister raises and speaks the budget in the parliament these people cannot come out come out yes, yes. there is <laughs> yeah. some uh, tradition so there is some tradition and uh, fascination about it yeah and uh, so i also uh, i mean one of the earlier earliest articles i wrote about was uh, you know how poetry made its way yes, <laughs> into yes, the yes, budget I, uh, yes. and all that yes uh, so again all these are sort of uh, sources of uh, fascination for me mm. but actually when i uh, Uh, read the budget papers themselves not everything was understandable mm, or mm. easily uh, understandable so i did uh, spend some time mm. i can't say that even now i understand mm, mm. Uh, you know the technical terms in the budget it's a fairly technical mm. uh, yeah, document yeah. at some level but uh, nevertheless uh, it interested uh, me that you know what kind of money is being allocated to science mm. vis a vis you know rest of the uh, things things uh, yeah yeah and uh, even when you say that a certain amount is allocated to science and technology how is it finally reaching the uh, uh, end users end user yeah like uh, what is it that uh, i as a scientist let's say i am working in icer uh, to what uh, chunk of that can i make a claim claim uh, okay okay so all that uh, uh, interested me so i would uh, look through the document so mm, you mm. need to start from you know, budget says that so many thousand crores have been allotted to ministry of science and technology and from there a part of that comes to sci mm-hmm. the science and engineering research mm-hmm. board mm-hmm. and then it uh, gets distributed uh, to some autonomous bodies, bodies and yeah. finally some as extra mural grants and so on so you follow all these uh, trails trails okay. yeah. so then uh, when you look at it finally uh, sometimes uh, you know you see that even though the numbers at the top level are very big mm. finally when you What come to the <laughs> last it's not really uh, that uh, big Yeah. Your training as a complex <laughs> physics uh, person yeah, you, has helped. You probably. follow this. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You follow this trail of network, yeah, money yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially a complex system. It's uh, essentially analysis. a complex system, and it's a huge optimization problem from a government's uh, perspective. perspective you know, they have various heads under which they mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. allot, and uh, there is no one optimal uh, solution. Solution to that. Finance minister is essentially juggling mm-hmm. between various uh, heads. very interesting very interesting so that was my uh, interest. interest finally how does it uh, reach, reach and yeah. uh, where does it go so you you also expressed your thoughts on uh, anusandhan national research foundation more recently yeah, more recently right. yeah, uh, yeah. could you want to uh, just 
tell us a little bit about the, the uh, kind of uh, at least the summary of what is the point yeah the, the summary is that uh, really speaking we don't know much about this uh, national research foundation mm. Mm. Uh, there are some top level headlines that let's say 50000 crore is to be uh, allotted Lord. by the government mm. over the next 5 years which translates to 10000 crores mm. per year mm. Uh, again we do not know if this is in addition to whatever is being allotted for research purposes or it is uh, exclusive of that mm. uh, or it is uh, going to be subsumed under, under that so depending on what happens we might either see a increase or we might even see a decrease in the worst case uh, uh, scenario but uh, interestingly it's a uh, i guess it's a sort of rationalization exercise mm. Mm. Uh, where uh, i think they're trying to bring humanities science research under one body and also probably a little bit of exercise at trying to uh, bring together uh, focus industry money also into, also into uh, the uh, research purpose uh, of course if you are a skeptic uh, mm. of course you can pass on <laughs> very harsh judgment mm. i would at the moment suspend, suspend uh, all that all until that. we see how it actually emerges Evolves, yeah. so i am not personally i am not uh, the one to oppose change just for the sake of yeah, uh, yeah. opposing we will have to wait and wait see and how see it, how, uh, how it evolves and uh, there is no reason to believe that status quo is the best mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's not <laughs> why we are all <laughs> complaining about <laughs> it <laughs> exactly so we should wait and see what the Absolutely. new dispensation and how it is going yeah. to work yeah one of so, the crucial questions which remains is or rather two questions which remains is whether the contribution from the industry would be so high as expected yeah and the second question is that whether it's going to still uh, apply very well in the positive sense to small basic science yeah exactly uh, i think these are at least as a, a fundamental as someone working on basic sciences mm -hmm. that is uh, one uh, very uh, important question, question uh, yeah. for us and also the readiness of uh, industry. industries i think uh, government can uh, play a role there mm, in pushing mm, the pushing industry this. to uh, contribute. contribute there are many ways through tax uh, rebates mm, mm. maybe amending csr rules and mm, so mm. on but again all these are awaited we don't know we how, don't know it how it's going, going to happen yeah. absolutely but this if it happens hopefully there will be a bigger chunk of uh, money available money for, available uh, research so this brings me to the another part of uh, science plus society you you have uh, been playing and uh, of late in slightly more official terms uh, including as part of uh, yeah, administration within the icer where you are a dean uh, international <laughs> see, yeah. uh, relations could you uh, w what motivated you to take that up and could you tell us what is the uh, uh, okay i was not expecting to get this portfolio <laughs> uh, i was asked and uh, Uh, i thought okay uh, sometimes we tend to complain yeah <laughs> <a lot. laughs> uh, so i thought okay maybe let us uh, take it take and it uh, yeah. see uh, you can't always be uh, complaining yeah yeah uh, okay so uh, so here um, actually this is a broad uh, portfolio in the <laughs> sense that i also take care of alumni affairs affairs yeah, uh, yeah. industry mm. relations other university relations uh, endowments csr mm, and mm. all these things yeah 
Um, and that is also outreach. Outreach, uh, yeah. Component. That's actually yeah. one of the very strong very, points. Yeah, that's right. Of, yeah. Of, uh, and in fact, uh, thankfully, uh, at ISER Pune, you know very well, we have very strong outreach, outreach units. Outreach, yes. There is a science activity center, science media, media center. Uh, and also the place is a little bit um, mm. uh, geared up for these kind mm. of outreach uh, activities of any kind in, mm. in general. So it's uh, you don't need to uh, sort of evangelize anyone uh, towards uh, outreach. It's somehow part and parcel Absolutely. of everyone's uh, idea right. that it should be uh, done. Absolutely. If at all someone is not doing, maybe a little bit due to their own laziness yeah. or <laughs> yeah. they are busy or something like that. Absolutely. But otherwise, I think people generally take it, take it somewhat down. positively about it. Other uh, yeah. thing is the institute at the institution level. A lot of institutions, including ISER and IITs, and a few of the uh, universities too, actually are doing a lot of outreach. Somehow, that perception in the public is that only some media or some kind of uh, YouTube or some other social media is doing the outreach. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of work which is going on in the institutional domain. That is right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, see, I think that may be because people tend to see a lot of YouTube videos, mm, mm, uh, yeah. all those shots and so mm. on. But we do much harder field work, much harder uh, laboratory experimental Absol work for outreach. Outreach, you know, absolutely. The kind of science activity center that we have, for example. It's one of the unique uh, institutions in the country. Absolutely. There are not Absolutely. many uh, ones of that kind in uh, India. Uh, if at all, uh, I mean, we are doing a lot to take it to various schools, schools and colleges. colleges yes. uh, maybe we are not uh, doing enough, uh, but then they are busy all the time yes. doing this. Doing. No, I mean, one should mention, because you also mentioned, the level of engagement and also the footprint of students who have come here is like it's enormous. Lag, yeah, lags. that's right. But unfortunately, <laughs> of course, in a country like India, it's, it's all not, a, yeah, it's yeah, all exactly a small drop. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, of course, we, there is always huge, huge scope, scope to expand. Yeah, but already we are uh, like reaching the limits of our uh, capacity. In fact, people yeah. work till 8, 9, yeah. uh, they're almost all the time yeah. uh, to get these things uh, yeah. done. And every other day, there is uh, either someone coming or mm. the team from here. They take a huge amount of, uh, you know, things from here to demonstrate, demonstrate somewhere, somewhere else. else. And it's sometimes as far as Bihar, yes, yes. Uh, UP or Karnataka yeah. and uh, yeah. so on. Yeah, yeah there is, uh, in fact, so I, it, is, I, it is done seriously. Seriously. It, it, it's Very not as a hobby. hobby. It's part of, uh, you know, the mainstream work of ISER. Absolutely. In fact, for listeners, I would anyway link all these uh, kind of uh, organizations, which are sub-parts of uh, ISER. And uh, it's a very impressive kind of, uh, yeah, you know, work right, yeah. which, which people do. And uh, that needs far more attention to be given. That's because right. the public perception should actually okay. also yeah. change a little bit on that. Yeah, that's important. See, it's far more easier to make a short uh, YouTube channel yeah. for yeah. someone, yeah. Uh, you know, talking about maybe Chandrayaan or mm. something. Mm. Uh, but uh, doing something here, uh, which can demonstrate some elements mm. of, uh, you know, Chandrayaan, mm. solar system, uh, and so on, is much more much uh, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, authentic and information. Experts, authentic information, <laughs> getting the right <laughs> experts, experts to speak about speak it. About it. Yeah. Absolutely. So that is the kind of work that we... Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. The, yeah, because that is a crucial element. There is absolutely. so much of energy. Yeah, also, you yeah. can see that not only just students, yeah. But people of all ages Absolutely. do re yeah, really that's right. engage, yeah. And, uh, yeah. including you know people from all branches of uh, government. Yeah, I have seen uh, like uh, <laughs> you know ministers and yeah. you know, yeah. uh, 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 all.
all kinds of people visiting our yes, uh, yes. even foreign ministers center, foreign ministers <laughs> yeah that's right and uh, they would say that uh, you know we have time only for 5 minutes to visit that but finally when they go there they would spend 20, 20 minutes, minutes half an hour <laughs> easily easily yeah. easily easily yeah. so that's really one of the very important engagements Correct. which is that's necessary right. yeah, for yeah, for yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. as an institution that's really nice So now uh, your thoughts also on uh, Indian science and uh, research ecosystem uh, what what can actually be improved Santanam your thoughts on that uh, especially one of the concerns always is the way our uh, uh, research students are kind of uh, you know treated in terms of uh, financial uh, kind of uh, 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 yeah i think the uh, there is uh, to some extent there is a question of financial mm. uh, incentive uh, but i think uh, a good uh, student doesn't come to do research only for mm. the financial mm. incentive alone uh, i would say it is decent but there is always scope, scope to make it, it uh, yeah. better but i think uh, see my, my opinion is that when you go abroad for example we will never be able to match the salaries of mm. a student mm. uh, you know what they get in us or europe or uh, japan and so on but i think we can make a difference in terms of uh, you know research facilities, facilities yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it is for students or even for faculty, faculty and yeah. so on if uh, if you can cut down on uh, amount of administrative mm. chores mm. that might require maybe adding a few more uh people, people. Uh, mm. to help in administration uh, or looking at uh, you know some of the processes to cut down on uh, very unnecessary you know steps yes uh, yes uh, so if there is some committee that can sit through and do some of these things yeah, yeah. be surprised that you can actually save quite a lot of uh, time, time. Uh, yes. so that the person who is wasting a whole lot of time in doing these things uh will now be able to spend that time productively on some uh, research uh, purposes ease of doing research ease of doing research <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah uh in fact i think going from iits icels mm. to colleges i think the situation gets worse there mm. even more yeah. uh, people who are interested in research spend very spend time on very unproductive uh, yes, nature yes. of uh, work because there's sometimes duplicating yeah. what you are doing in one place and then uh, putting it on uh, some other website mm, and mm. all that i've heard of a large number of stories of this uh, type with a little bit of help from technology mm, with a mm. little bit of help from some more additional Ad- people we we give jobs to them exactly you can cut down on whole lot but in return you are going to see a huge, huge. increase in uh, productivity of uh, scientists you know that alone will uh, make the ecosystem, ecosystem. Uh, very productive, productive and yeah. that will uh, help absolutely a few fixing a few such things mm. uh, you know which are uh, which in my opinion is uh, low hanging mm. fruit it doesn't require to spend a lot of money, money. you don't need yeah. to spend crores and crores for doing and not much training things. also is required yeah. is required mm. yeah uh, some of these will help will go very far in uh, fixing fixing the problem. so given the fact that we can never match the salaries mm. Mm. we should be able to match or even better the working conditions working conditions yeah. absolutely it's a very very good uh, suggestion a more feasible solution yeah more feasible yeah. solution yeah, because you know that uh, because our salaries are coupled to government salaries all across you know the state government central government uh, i realize that you can't increase everyone's Every. uh, salary absolutely and also selectively it's not a good idea to increase uh, the salary of only uh, faculty in iit yeah, and exactly. icels yeah. 
i wouldn't say that uh, you know we are privileged in mm. uh, mm. any way uh, i think we should be in uh, equilibrium, equilibrium. Our, uh, environment absolutely uh, absolutely so the easier thing would be to i think improve the working conditions working conditions in fact see there is so much of potential mm. and also reach at the universities yeah, especially right. in yeah. state universities yeah. there are many and uh, if somehow if they have kind of uh, made to work in in normal conditions it yeah, doesn't require right. out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, correct uh, yeah, you know yeah. drastic uh, yeah, you know uh, the number of you know positions that are not filled in many yeah. state universities yeah. uh, which are way, i mean uh, faculty positions are vacant yes. admin positions are vacant for years yes. together yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and uh, yet you know for example if you see some of the students who join us to do research they they come from these kind of ecosystems and do very well yeah they do very well yeah that's right yeah. yeah well see in fact uh, even going further mm. uh, students and others going from india the, we mm. often say that they shine when they go to us mm. or mm. Uh, europe or you know some such Absolutely. place it's not that things are very different just that the ecosystem, ecosystem is, is <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly provide an enabling environment yeah and uh, you will see that things happen things yeah. happen that that's enabling right. is, a, is the key yeah, word. Yeah, that's right. that's a yeah, very yeah, well put yeah, uh, aspect yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. I ho- uh, hopefully things. In fact, will, uh, uh, even of Iser Pune, that is what I think. You know, we may not be better teachers than a veteran teacher in some other mm. college. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Know, for someone yeah. who has taught for forty years, probably would teach a statistical mechanic better than. Absolutely. Uh, but I think it's uh, it's the enabling environment to the students that they can ask questions, Question. they can try various things, mm. and no one would. Uh, in everything of yeah, that exactly yeah that, that makes a big difference big big difference yeah. absolutely right. similar kind of thing uh, should be done at the level of uh, research. research just throw out things which are non essential absolutely absolutely it needs a change in the mindset in yeah, exactly. a little bit yeah, 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 and right. it's it's not an expensive solution it's not as you <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. i agree with you yeah, yeah. Very nice, very nice. So we'll now uh, switch to something a little bit more lighter, uh, Santanam. Yeah. Now, one of the things I request my uh, guests to do is to uh, describe why they do what they do in their mother tongue, and uh, in your case, it will be Tamil. And uh, you can just give us a brief description of what you do, why you do in in, in your mother tongue. Maybe I should first say that uh, you know I rarely get an opportunity to talk about research in Tamil. <laughs> same <laughs> here. Same same with yeah, all of us. Yeah, yeah, all of yeah. us. But yeah. this is just an attempt to kind of you know yeah, literally yeah. humanize science. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. the whole point here. You know the Arachi Thurai. You know I'm working on research field. Angilathil chaos in Rusulvum. Tamilila agaradigala parta idirke. கிட்டத்தட்ட அருகில் வரக்கூடிய பொருள் வந்து குழப்பம் அகராதிகளில் தான் போட்டிருக்கும் ஆனால் கேஆஸ் என்பது குழப்பம் இல்லை இதை புரிய வைக்கிறதுக்கு ஆக்சுவலாக தமிழ் இந்த தமிழ் சினிமாவில் முதல் ஒரு சீன் ஒன்று வரும் இது எந்த சினிமான்ற பேர் எனக்கு ஞாபகம் இல்லை ஆனால் அதில் ஒரு இளைஞன் ஒரு பஸ்ஸுக்காக வெயிட் பண்ணிகிட்ருக்கான் அவனுக்கு வந்து அன்றைக்கி ஒரு இன்டர்வியூக்கு போனோம் பஸ்ஸுக்காக வெயிட் பண்ணிகிட்ருக்கான் பஸ் வருகிறது அவன் அதில் ஏறுறான் ஆனால் பஸ் சற்று அந்த பஸ் கூட்டமாக இருக்கிறதுனால அவன் அப்படியே படிக்கட்டில் நின்று கொண்டிருக்கான் நின்று பஸ்ஸில் பயணிக்கிறான் கொஞ்சம் தூரத்துலேயே அந்த பஸ் ஆக்சிடெண்ட் ஆகிறது அவன் துரதிருஷ்டவசமாக அவன் இறந்து போயிட்டான் இப்பொழுது என்ன ஆகுதுன்னா இந்த சினிமாவில் திருப்பி போகிறது 
மீண்டும் பின்னாடி போய் திருப்பி அந்த இளைஞனே அதே இடத்துல பஸ்ஸுக்காக நின்றுருக்கான் ஆனால் அந்த பஸ்ஸை வந்து மிஸ் பண்ணிடுறோம் அதனால் அந்த பஸ் ஆக்சிடெண்ட் ஆகுது ஆனால் ஈவன் உயிர் போயிடுறோம் இதுலேருந்து நமக்கு ஒன்று தெரியறது அந்த ஒரு சின்ன மயிரிழையில் வித்தியாசப்பட்ட இரண்டு சீன்கள் ஒரு விதத்தில் ஒரு ஃப்ராக்ஷன் ஆஃப் அ செகண்டில் ஒரு மணி துளிகளில் அவன் பஸ்ஸில் ஏறான் இறந்து போய்விடுகிறான் ஆனால் இன்னொரு இதில் அந்த ஒரு மணி துளிகள் வித்தியாசத்தில் அவன் பஸ்ஸை மிஸ் பண்ணிடுறான் ஆனால் அவன் வாழ்க்கை அதற்கு பிறகு போகிறது நார்மலாக போய்கொண்டிருக்கிறது அதாவது கிட்டத்தட்ட ஒரு டிஃப்ரென்ஸ் பிட்வீன் லைஃப் அண்ட் டெத் ஒரு வாழ்வுக்கும் சாவுக்குமான பெரிய இடைவெளியாக இருக்கிறது ஒரு சின்ன வித்தியாசம் இது போன்ற ஒரு பெரிய வித்தியாசத்தை ஏற்படுத்துகிறது இதை தான் டெக்னிக்கலாக கேயாஸ் என்று சொல்லுகிறோம் அதாவது ஒரு சின்ன ஆரம்பத்தில் இருக்கக்கூடிய அந்த ஒரு சின்ன வித்தியாசம் இறுதியில் பெரிய வித்தியாசத்தை ஏற்படுத்துகிறது இது போன்ற நிகழ்வுகள் எந்தெந்த சிஸ்டம்லேயோ ஒரு ஃபினாமினாலேயோ இது போன்ற சிறிய வித்தியாசங்கள் வந்து பெரிய வித்தியாசமாக மாறக்கூடிய நிகழ் த தகவுகள் அதிகமாக இருந்தால் அதை கேஆர்டிக் சிஸ்டம் என்று சொல்கிறோம் இப்போ கிட்டத்தட்ட எல்லாமே கேஆர்டிக் சிஸ்டம் தான் கிட்டத்தட்ட நம்மளுடைய பிளானட்ரி சிஸ்டம் ஒரு சூரியன் ஒன்பது கோள்கள் இல்லைனா ஒரு கிரிக்கெட் பாலில் விளையாடுறதோ இல்லைனா ஒரு கடிகாரம் இது போன்ற எல்லாமே ஒரு மணி இருக்கிற கடிகாரம் இது போன்ற எல்லாமே வந்து ஒரு கேஆர்டிக் சிஸ்டம் என்னுடைய ஆராய்ச்சிகளில் இந்த மாதிரி கேஆர்டிக் சிஸ்டம்களை பற்றி நாங்கள் ஆராய்ச்சி செய்கிறோம் அது தவிர Wonderful. I did a somewhat uh, imperfect uh, translation of what I did. No, but yeah. I, I could observe that initially there was uh, a kind of a, a slow process, but later on you probably got into the groove, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's simply because I think you are not used to uh, yes, yes, doing yes. this. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. And it is uh, also a real challenge, right? Sometimes really... Because the, really these technical terms like chaos, mm. uh, like I was mm. trying to say, I use the word Kurapam. In fact, actually, if you put chaos mm. in any Tamil, mm. uh, English Tamil yeah. dictionary, uh, the Tamil version, it will say Kurapam. Oh, okay. Actually, that is... Uh, Kurapam is actually more confusion, Con- not chaos. chaos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I do not know what is the correct... correct. I have searched many times oh, uh, is what it? is okay. the correct technical term for chaos mm. in Tamil. And I haven't seen any Uh, till now do you, do you write also in other languages no? uh, though in fact i can write uh, i have not written in tamil uh, okay. in fact once i wrote actually yeah oh, uh, okay. so that was about uh, this uh, rockets and all that mm. I, i did write uh, but uh, that was in a tamil uh, magazine. magazine but it doesn't have an online uh, this thing nice nice uh, yeah wonderful wonderful so uh, we are almost kind of coming to the conclusion uh before that uh, i would request you to uh, give us some recommendations of some books uh, literature art music anything which uh, you like it need not be only about the research work what you do and of course we can add more information in the show notes mm-hmm. also later on but uh, can you just uh, give us some recommendations what has motivated what you like or what you are reading anything like that um Okay so uh, okay I, I must confess that right now I am not reading anything for the last <laughs> few months <laughs> it's just been too busy to uh, if I can even read the papers that they come <laughs> in I would be happy, <laughs> happy. <laughs> uh, 
so i have not been doing much of outside uh, reading for the last few months mm. uh, but before that i think uh, in the last let's say two years um, mm. uh, one book i read was uh, uh, the one i recommended for library also mm. it's called veerap and chasing the brigand you uh-huh. know who it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was by uh, the chief of uh, uh that special task, task force, force vijay task kumar mm, mm. uh, he is the one who wrote that book uh so that book is like a thriller i can tell you oh is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it will uh, it's like seeing actually movie nice. <laughs> i was amazed at the way the book was uh, structured, structured and uh, written mm. uh, so normally i read slowly uh, i don't read the books in like one go or i'm not a fast reader yes. i generally yes. like to even look at the way they i mean the style of uh, writing, writing and everything yeah. so yeah. i read it very slowly but this one i had to read fast yeah. because it was like what's happening next you so want very gripping <laughs> yeah you know finally what happened yeah. of course yeah. but then i think there was so much of uh, detail and uh, it was very gripping gripping yeah yeah and also the way it's like uh, i also thought maybe that's how the movie scripts are written mm. to keep the uh, yeah. this I, one so that's one book i liked uh, among the things that i uh, read uh, recently and when this movie ponin selvan oh, uh, yeah. came uh, read this at uh, first part uh, long back uh, the original in tamil i went back to reading it uh, again okay. it is a classic classic uh, for yeah. those who know in uh, uh, those who know tamil i would still say if you have not read uh, you should read it but even for those who do not know tamil uh, i don't know how good the translation is but there is currently a, a translated uh, version Washington. of ponin selvan just that it has just too many uh, information mm-hmm. uh, this ponin selvan uh, kalki who wrote it mm-hmm. he you know he could have, of course this is all about events that happened in 10th century or so but uh, still he actually traveled quite a bit in tamil nadu and sri lanka mm-hmm. to see the places where it happened mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then he wrote so you see much of the description and a uh, whole lot of information about various things in the book again it is also very very gripping it's very not a linear storytelling mm, mm. it's again a technique i loved after uh, reading this uh, an amazing uh, novelist novel uh, yeah and um, among um, uh, music uh, music mm. uh, uh, actually music uh, in recent times i have uh, i've listened to quite a bit of different uh, you know this kind of groups where they use some bit of classical carnatic music or hindustani mm. music and also kind of improvise on uh, very typical carnatic uh, uh, songs mm. Mm. Uh, i like many of them then uh, let me see if i can remember some of their uh, names um, uh, Yeah so as far as uh, music is concerned there are these uh, you know legendary musicians mm. uh, which any time i like like ms subalakshmi yeah, and yeah. Uh, so on and uh, in fact uh, sometimes uh, during when i do the morning walks i mm. uh, listen and it's very uh, soothing uplifting <laughs> experience <laughs> as i see but in more recent times uh, 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 there are uh, some very unusual musicians mm-hmm. i have heard mm-hmm. like this ragu dikshit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who uh, i think probably 
sings many of uh, purandradasa uh, kirtis kirtis yeah. with in a very different uh, in a very different uh, <laughs> way yeah, yeah that's right it's quite catchy, catchy yes, <laughs> yes. and then there is this guy mahesh raghavan uh, yeah and then of course a host of uh, carnatic singers and of course people like sp balasubramaniam yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's right so they were like evergreen uh, uh, nice or kg desu desu yes, das yes, 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 yes. they are legends always yeah, have uh, right. yeah. been very kind of big in yeah. south india especially so now uh, uh, finally uh, santana what are what are your future and upcoming uh, projects or uh, kind of uh, any kind of initiatives you are taking could you tell us a little bit about uh, so since the last two years um, uh, one of the things i thought i should do apart from what i have been doing uh, in quantum chaos uh, we will be looking at uh, you know many body problems mm-hmm. a whole host of uh, you know localization delocalization uh, quantum information quantum computing related aspects that is mm-hmm. going to continue and we will also be looking at uh, many questions related to extreme events complex networks mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. uh but uh, one thing that i consciously thought i'll start doing is to look at data seriously mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. start looking at available public data mm-hmm. see what can be done then uh, with. with that okay a small effort in that is what we discussed mm-hmm. about uh, you know railways always fascinated me yes. i mean that yes. is one of my interests yeah, yeah. i always thought that <laughs> i should do something with uh, you know the fact that there are so many stations and still like traveling in yes. trains yes and uh, uh, so uh, there is a lot of data uh, available some publicly some not publicly but nevertheless um, uh, going ahead i am going to spend a little more time on uh, looking at uh, you know data of various kinds whether kind. it is okay. transport data mm. or uh, public opinion data election data mm. and a mm. whole lot of other data and uh, see if uh, you know we can either uh, either there are two uh, possible routes one is uh, uh, like uh, like just describing them in terms of uh, models which may or may not come from physics mm-hmm. that is one possibility yeah, yeah. and also uh, see if uh, we can say something useful you know it's one thing to look at uh, Uh, some data and look at universality aspects which is a very typical uh, physics kind mm, of perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. but it may or may not be useful in practice practice yeah uh, but i also want to focus on that uh, part of it mm-hmm. if uh, can we say something that is useful in practice and uh, maybe uh, if i can say i want to see if i can even pursue that to logical conclusion in the sense that pursue with people who might be able to implement it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know often uh, you know we do things and it stays at laboratory uh, level yes uh, but uh, let's see if uh, that is also possible possible uh, that's right so uh, in general yeah we, i would be happy if some of it uh, actually goes out of uh, academia mm, uh, mm. writing papers is one thing one thing yes but goes beyond that and make some uh, impact impact at all yeah. fantastic fantastic all the best for your future thank you. ventures thank you let's see how and, far uh, we can do that yeah i'm extremely thankful to you for spending this time yeah. as usual it's delightful and yeah, it's uh, always very, pleasure talking to you same here same yeah. here so this is pratidwani where we try to humanize science <laughs>